And here is the Friday edition of Trending Issues on Futa Radio 93.3 FM, which is the final edition for the week. My name is Jude Inopeme, and I'm joined with Esegon in the studio this morning. Good morning, Esegon. Greetings. Okay, now we have this development from the federal government asking the Academic Staff Union of Universities ASU to exercise patience as the process of implementing its agreements with the union is ongoing. Now, this statement was made by the Minister of State for Education, that's Chukwemeka Wajuba after, um, you know, several factions of the union or rather um, representatives from uh, different zones of uh, the union uh, came out to call on parents and the general public to hold the federal government responsible um, once they embark on any industrial action. And they came out there to reaffirm that the federal government, they are doing everything possible to ensure that they meet uh, the agreements reached with uh, the union. Right now, what do you make of this, Esigon? Well, I I believe it, it, it is this situation that should necessitate the popular saying that actions speak louder than words. I I believe a pen has been put to paper already. Uh, we already have a memorandum of action that had been signed, and uh, when it was you now, you see, because it was called memorandum of action because of the timelines and deliverables that have been clearly stated out mm-hmm. uh, in the document I that was signed. Yes, yeah. so uh, this delay is highly uncalled for, and then this appeal really. Um, doesn't make any sense and that is the truth but you know because uh, this is not the day that they signed the agreement this agreement i mean has been signed a while back and by now you should expect that we will have been seen concrete steps being taken and concrete actions being taken mm-hmm. enough to actually reassure the lecturers that yes the government is doing something. If, for instance, the government has done anything around the uh, memorandum of action, maybe a particular timeline, they delivered what they were supposed to deliver, even if not the entire uh, thing, but maybe, let's say, half, for instance, or a certain percentage, at least they they will be able to come out and say that, oh, okay, uh, based on the memorandum of action in this uh, time frame, you're supposed to have done this, okay. but they have done this. Oh, so we notify that, and then then you can now say, ah, please calm down. We're pleading with you to be a bit calm because things are in progress. But when no action has been seen to have been taken by the striking lecturers, then why continue to appeal to them? Why don't you just go ahead and do the needful and stop this, this, you know, reassuring and this appealing and just do it because that is more, you know, reassuring than you saying you want to reassure. So please, let's, let's act. Let's, let's allow the rubber to hit the, the ground and, you know, stop all this, um, um, political higihaga like, uh, my, former House of Rep member who put it, Patrick O'Bayabon. <laughs> All right, still talking strike. Now, there was a meeting yesterday between the federal government and representatives of the striking members of the National Association of Resident Doctors again. This meeting end, uh, ended in a deadlock on Thursday evening. Uh, it was learned that members of NAD refused to sign the Memorandum of Understanding during the meeting and um, according 
according to sources, the doctors actually refused to sign the MOU due to the fact that their demands were not stated in the agreements and it made them to um, walk away without uh, coming to any terms with the federal government right now. We are back at it again. Well, at least we are still talking. And for me, that's what is important. Though you know, I'm sad that the matter is being prolonged, um, yeah, we sincerely we can go over this over and over and over again, and it will still go back to the fundamentals. It will still go back to the issue of capacity. It will still go back to the issue of integrity, the issue of accountability, the issue of honesty, the issue of character, and all of that will be dug up, you know, and the issue of sincerity and candor. You know, and um, you know, openness and all that. Because where, for instance, sincerity and candor is missing and honesty, then mistrust will continue to thrive. And that is what we have been having, you know, over the years. And unfortunately, this particular administration has decided to toe that line. You know, they have not been any different. If anything, they seem to be a bit more. Uh, uh, well, maybe they, they seem a bit. Um, more opaque than the previous uh, uh, administrations and all that in their actions and resolutions to this. So it's, it's difficult to to come in um, to to actually because as as I always say, this has been the relationship between politicians and civil servants. I know a lot of people might not want to see from that angle but that's the reality because the people are talking about here are the politicians and then the civil servants they that's how they've been running the system having that argument when things don't go their way and sometimes it appears as if um this fight is for the people you know but it's not actually for the people because you see that their actions this struggle that they're having Mm -hmm. is actually affecting the people Mm -hmm. you you understand Mm -hmm. more than it is yes they are exposed to some situations and all that and everything but if we go and look at it you know deeply they have not been doing well if for instance we have been apart from the issue of their salaries um, they have also insisted, for instance, on a, a better working condition, on improving our healthcare facilities and mm-hmm. all that, you know. Uh, it, it will have been a bit much because they, then we will know that, yes, um, they really are interested in taking care of the people. But because we've had a situation where most of the healthcare workers run their private business so and we've had cases where patients come to the hospital what they that is the state-owned hospitals and what they need is not there but some private hospitals have it why because they are better able to maintain it than at the state at the at the state-owned health facilities now the, the thing is who 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 is at the private hospital and who is at the state owned hospital that x-ray machine will just pack up you understand mm-hmm. and not function mm-hmm. or whatever equipment that they they bring mm-hmm. you understand oh, yeah. you, 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 and, but then in the private institution it is working efficiently mm-hmm. it's working well and you are charging for it and all that so this brings up a lot of issues because if we want to start x-raying it for me i will go beyond this couple this um, fight they are having and apportion blames to where blames needs to be apportioned that people push you consider the citizens of Nigeria in this your fight, in this your face of. Yes, you have a right. 
you do you do have a right to you know i mean the government should not owe you okay they should not it is wrong you understand it is wrong in every way morally ethically every way possible it is wrong yeah but at the same time um we should apply wisdom as well but if the government is not willing to listen then let us apply wisdom but don't let us allow people to suffer you know because it's people that will suffer it's is it's the masses it's only people that will suffer. people that that don't have the means to assess you know private health facilities people that you know they they can't they can't even even to 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 procure car that the state's uh, own, owned facilities is even a big deal for them you know we have not done a lot of things in this country and we are not agreeing that we have not and that's the the, the most painful part the other day i was looking at um, the Ghanaian uh, president's response to covid systematic presentation of the state of things as per how the health you know outlook is in the state mm-hmm. you know the number of facilities they have they the have. level that they are in then their their plan to add to it how and all the you know clear mm-hmm. and the money is involved clear mm-hmm. cut you read it and then you are carried along but in this case it's everything is just you know abracadabra the more you look the less you see you know so i i i i, I think they should I, settle their matter very quickly and consider that people are actually the ones so, that are going, losing uh, out in this. would you suggest that just like as they also uh, come up with um, uh, terms or come up with um, requests from the government right now that would not seem selfish on their own part you see for instance, if you look at um, uh, the ASU, ASU is talking about memorandum memorandum of action. These ones are talking about memorandum of understanding. understanding. Yeah, you understand because I, I believe ASU is tired of of um, getting the uh, federal government to understand. So rather than please leave understanding alone, let's let's act and then they change it to memorandum of action. Better for them, you know. But uh, apparently between NAD and federal government is either both are failing to understand the situation or understanding is very very low in how things are are, are going on. So let them fight for their right. Yes, but at the same time, let them fight to ensure that. The There's president will not have reason, or any politician, or anybody that has the means to leave the country will not have reasons to leave the country for medical care, for medical care in another place. You understand? Okay. We have people of means here that when issues, you know, get to a point because they have means, they go to India, they go to the UK, they go to US, and they go to other places, and we call it health tourism. You get yes, we understand those that do birth tourism. They are their own cases. They're, they just want their children to be citizens of other country. Now okay. that's different. Okay, you understand. That's I mean that's that's understandable. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's Nigeria that has allowed people to start being innovative in their thinking and uh, preparing for the future of their children. Well, now that's a different case. But I'm talking about I catch cold, and I run to Ghana or run to UK or I run to US just because I have the means. And why? Because I look at the facilities here and I don't have confidence in it. All of us were here when um, uh, the, the, the present, uh, who should be in his, on his honeymoon now, the present uh, Buhari groom 
who just got married recently that everybody flew to Kano or where did they go to for the wedding? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we were here when he had that bike accident and we all know what happened. Was it not what actually made some revelations come out about the 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 clinic in Asurok? If the clinic in Asurok is is zero, then who am I to complain about, you know, any federal uh, health facility here? <laughs> you get my point. All and right. then we have people, well, let's fight for salary. Why? Because um, if we get salary, at least we'll feel better because our, our working conditions, we'll be able to deal with it. When they buy new equipment, I mean, the past situation, we'll watch it and let the past situation crash the new equipment, you understand, that was bought with blows of money, so it will function, and then uh, because it's, 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 it's robots that actually take care of the equipment in the state-owned facilities, but in the private, you know, facilities is, is you know, diligent people that do that, so <laughs> they don't allow the equipment there to fail because they know how much they bought it. You see, is anybody looking at that aspect? So, you see, this thing, let, let them just put an end to it and just consider the man on the street for once in the they have this chance now to actually consider the average citizen, the average Nigerian and just think about them rather than thinking about themselves. And I'm talking about on both sides. You understand? Okay. I'm talking about on both sides. Okay. And and but more on the government and then because if if the government for instance is proactive and leading by example, then it will be easy for us to, to flow because it is all about leadership. But if leadership is lacking in capacity and lacking in the ability to deliver effectively, you you can't seriously blame followers so you know to some extent because it's the leadership that you call to account. All right, quickly, let's uh, turn our attention to the successful meeting the Southern Governors had yesterday. Uh, this or that meeting was the third after the first and second that was had in uh, um, Delta State, Lagos State, and right now in Enugu State, respectively. Uh, after the meeting, the governors actually resolved um, and expressed support for the collection of the value added tax by state. And they also reaffirmed their stand on on, um, you know, banning of open grazing in uh, southern states. And also FODA requested that states that were yet to, um, you know, begin their proceedings as to putting a stop or making laws and putting a stop to open grazing in their states do so. Now, my concern is at, at the moment is that um, there's a, uh, a particular state, I don't know if I should mention the name, where the governor actually mentioned that it doesn't have any problem with open grazing in his own state and this state happens to be a part of the southern state right now and the state is fully functioning as a member of the southern governors forum so i don't know what would become of uh, the state right now well it's um, when you have a, a meeting such as this it's supposed to um, ensure that uh, unity is fostered not necessarily uniformity uh, but where uh, there may be advantages, you know, as per uniformity, then you, you it would be better to confirm and all that. Uh, they have gone ahead now to add the issue of VAT to the list of issues being discussed and, of course, uh, stood their ground on the issue of um, 
uh, open grazing, you know, and all that. And then uh, did do some aspect of security as well. Oh, yeah. uh, this aspect of saying that let us be a bit uh, uniformed in our response to security mm-hmm. and all those that are yet to do something, you know, about setting up, you know, local security apparatus in their place, you go so ahead and do so. So that. That, that is the kind of conversation that uh, is interesting, you know. But one of the things that actually uh, makes it a bit uh, well, I'm not really worried, uh, but it just makes it a bit eh, for me is the 2023 number that they threw in uh, into the fray that is still insisting on the issue of um, the president coming from the south, you know, and all that. But beyond that, these ones are meeting. They have met three times now. They have put their, they have picked a location for their next meeting. Mm-hmm. That means they are going to meet again. Uh, some actions are, are are taking place. For instance, um, River State is on top of the game, uh, on yeah. top of the VAT issue. Lagos has joined. I hear Ogun is actually warming up. Uh, warming up and uh, putting something in the work. So mm-hmm. we are seeing actions, you know, you know, trickling in on this issue. But very soon we are going to leave here and go to the north and wonder what the Northern Governors Forum are actually up to what conversations are they having you know particularly as it concerns the issues that are happening in their area but before we get there let's finish with the southern governors forum and um, and see uh, how this vast thing because for me that is my particular area of interest um i want to see how this vast thing is going to play out uh, i'm interested you know, because I see now that some states, uh, I mean, it's like they're serious and they they mean what they are doing in that regard. Okay. At least thank God for what we have in on those states as far as, um, you know, Amoteku is concerned. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I believe we have the, the most functional, you know, Amoteku core security core, uh, well, state security uh, pl- uh, platform, um, uh, which uh, I expect that by now the AKT state counterparts should be looking at, you know, ramping up what they are doing, you know, on their side. And just as this meeting has said, let people actually consider this because if we don't want to have this conversation at the general level at the national level and we don't want to sit down and discuss about it then these actions will lead to it eventually so we keep our fingers crossed and see how things are going to play out now for those in the east because those ones too uh, because this meeting was held in Enugu that means you have the southeast governors actually in attendance absolutely yeah those ones too are are a bit confusing you know for me because you know me i'm 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 part of you know that block and uh, sometimes the way the leadership in that area does it is of concern there's no day that we don't have conversations along this line you know in some of the groups that i belong to particularly as to them even looking at taking care of their area. The, 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 the days, the heydays of Sam Badiwe, uh, you know, of blessed memory are things that we can still look up to as to bringing development to the southeast, for instance. But there had hardly been any governor that had done anything stupendous. Maybe Obi of Anambra State at a particular point in time, you know, was able to do something. But Abia State, I don't understand what Abia State people are doing. 
I don't get it. You, if you get there, you will wonder if they have a governor and they call it God's own state. And then, you know, Enugu is just coming, but it's, it's, you saw you, Imo State went through Rochas. <laughs> That's as in Rochas happened to Imo State. Now, Hopus Odema is happening to Imo State. <laughs> Like mega happening, mm-hmm. like huge, and you know, and that's my state. It's it's really really amazing. Is because for someone who who I can say for for Accra on those states, and I can say for Emo State that I I can if if you go by timelines, I can be able to pinpoint that okay, this is the impact a governor had or a governor field to have, and that's why if I say that until we had um, what's his name again. Uh, he, ah, I've forgotten this is his name. Ihedioha. Until we had, until we had Ihedioha come into Imo State as governor, that was when we were able to see some measure of, you know, a transformation as far as, you know, the the city center and some states were concerned and infrastructure development and all that. But as soon as he left and Rochas happened, oh my God, what what a decline! Yeah, he did some things, but heavy decline, and then. Hopus of Duma is now happening. And they have their peculiar situation. But then and right there, if we want to have conversations about IPOP, want to talk about this issue of this is at home order, Mm -hmm. this issue of people having a fear to come out, this this issue of people saying that okay, hoodlums have attacking people. uh, You understand, have Mm -hmm. hijacked IPOP and are now attacking people where we had that an Anglican priest was killed, you know, in line of all these issues. And then we have governors there. Those you understand? And then these governors are part of the Southern Governors Forum. Mm-hmm. And they are not having your concrete, you understand, yeah. uh, for it's their own line. region. Mm-hmm. They are not even looking at. So you sit together with what Southwest is doing. And you are not even thinking of, okay, how can we domicile this in their place? We talk about the industry, mm-hmm. the natural industry of the an average Igbo man. Mm-hmm. We we see their impact in any state in this nation, any country, any well, country that they the get world. to. We see it, but then we go to the state of origin, and leadership is lacking in harnessing this innate ability to ensure that you know the states are actually up to par. Why? Because we have a ready excuse. Hmm. Our laziness is excused by the issue of federalism. Hmm. We have a federal government, so let us. And a lot of things are not in our control, so a lot of things are on the whatever list and all. So we can't do it because. But now, the chicken is coming home to roost. Oh, yeah. Now we have started conversations around VAT. Uh-huh. That is a, a fiscal federalism. Uh-huh. We have started conversations about state policing or uh-huh. community policing and all that. And some actions, no matter how tiny, are happening. So it's going to be a case of hey, people. We are going to know who the really lazy ones are, mm-hmm. the ones who are not ready to do anything. And and for me, this this is very informative for people that in the next election cycle, please, for your sakes, for the sakes of our future and mm-hmm. our children, mm-hmm. born and yet unborn, let us not elect lazy people anymore. Mm-hmm. As in, let's not have them, you know, smell that place because we want progress. We want people that are innovative, that are creative, and people that have the guts to take action. You know, the right action that will benefit the largest percentage of all. It may not be everyone, but at least the largest percentage of all. We've had parties where people went there and everybody there ate and drank. 
Some may not have eaten more than others because maybe some had the chance to keep asking and they keep getting. But with with sympathy and they, that had large crowds and everybody ate very well. So that means it's possible, you know, for the largest percentage of people to be satisfied. So it, it, this is this is good, and I hope that it stays beyond rhetorics and beyond making political statements, but actions are put to it. Absolutely. And uh, quickly, let's uh, look at this one. We got information that the Kaduna State Police Command said on Thursday that it arrested kidnappers of students of Greenfield University as well as students of the Bethel Baptist High School in all the state. Also, the police um, command stated that kidnappers of the 37 students of the Federal College of Forestry Mechanization, AFACA, in Igabi local government era of Kaduna State, uh, both the Greenfield University and the Bethel Baptist High School kidnappers, um, they actually got um, arrested by the police. This actually sounds too good to be true, Esigon. Please, ring the bell for them. <laughs> Let's start by ringing the bell first. Yes. Too good to be true. No, haven't haven't um, rang the bell. Um, it's um, it's a really, really, really good development for me. This is what gives me joy. Because as much as some people might want to be calling me a critic or a cynic or a pessimist or whatever name because of the analysis we give here, I really am not naturally a bearer of bad news. I don't like discussing negative issues. You understand? I prefer to celebrate. I prefer to rejoice. I prefer, you know, to encourage. I prefer to motivate. And I, I, I prefer to, you know, to uh, notice good behavior and reward it. You understand? So I, it's, I, I don't hate this administration. I don't hate any administration. I don't hate this government. I don't hate the president. I don't hate any governor. We're just doing our work as social commentators because we have the platform. This is what we can do. Mm -hmm. This is our own way of contributing, Mm -hmm. you know, to the overall development of our nation. You know, some of us have to do the talking. Some of us have to bring awareness, you know, to people. Some of us have to let people know what is happening and um, improve civic orientation, civic education, civic awareness, and civic engagement, and all of that. So, when we come and things happen and things don't get resolved, we are we are we are not happy. But when we hear news that things are resolved, we are excited, and that's why we always rejoice. For instance, at the release of one abductee uh, or one or maybe two kidnapped and they are back we rejoice True. we are grateful because that is what is key it shouldn't happen in, happen in the first place but it has happened mm-hmm. oh okay all right but then it has been resolved better you understand uh-huh. but best will be don't let it happen so now that we're hearing information that i mean is a conglomerate of actions Greenfield, this one, that one, they've been arrested. Beautiful. Let us not stay on just the arrest. Let's hope that they use these ones that have been caught to, to unravel. Yes, let's do it like a web. Pull on this string and get to the end of it. Ensure that we get to the end of this and let people have reasons to rejoice. We will be happy. We will be very, very glad. We want to hear more of this. So this is a good one. In spite of the challenges that you are facing, is a good one. 
very, very good one. So let's keep it up. Yeah, the Senate has also commended the Nigerian Army for the successes that they have achieved so far in combating crimes and they have pledged their support as to providing more enforcement for them as to enabling them to go after uh, criminals and criminality in the country. Uh, well, going after criminals is the job of the police. I keep saying it, <laughs> but we just don't want to hear. We have done things on their head, you know. Let them not... Uh, I love them commending. It's good. <laughs> it's good to commend. So, a commendation can come from anywhere. Just as we too, we take time to commend our military because, I mean, they are, they are working under interesting conditions to ensure that we are safe. And we must acknowledge that. We really must acknowledge that. In spite of you know what they are what they have to work with in, in spite of you know what they are faced with in, in in spite of the politics that play and all the rest of them and sometimes you know some issues that well let, let's just leave it at that but they still go ahead and carry their duty dutifully so of course they must be commended and commendation is welcome from everywhere and anywhere mm-hmm. you know but beyond the commendation yes i like the fact that they said that they are going to reinforce but don't just reinforce the military is the police that should spearhead this in the first place. The military and other agencies are to support the direction of the police. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So let us, you know, beef up. You know, the army is is plainly a federal reserve. I mean, a federal uh, situation is the, the the army is in charge of the. I mean, I mean, the federal. I mean, the federal government is in charge of the army. It's not it, the, the the state governments cannot do missile the the army. That's, that's the military and you know the armed forces. So it's understandable. So reinforce them, but break down um, community policing. Let let each state, let each community, you know, run their police system. But you know, it's never going to come from the Senate right now. Governors would actually have to no, do no, listen, unless if they listen, want to have listen, the listen, general listen. conversation. Now, here's the deal. If if anybody has been trailing our conversations um, all this while and some of the submissions we've been making, you, you have been able to trace out where we are specifically able to point out the selfishness of some of the politicians, particularly when they make political statements. Or, oh, for instance, now we're talking about VAT. You get my point. Mm-hmm. And the southern governors, I mean, governors are talking about engaging the National Assembly. They are members at the National Assembly and they are members at the State House of Assembly. Mm-hmm. They, as in, they are making such comments. You understand? If you read the report, you will see it there. Clearly stated mm-hmm. that they are doing that. You get my point? Uh-huh. For the VAT. Mm-hmm. What about for security? Hmm. What about for this community policing we're talking about? What about that? Is that part of what you are going to be discussing with, you know, your your members that are in, in the Senate and the, in the Rep and then the state-owned assemblies? Are we having those conversations too as well? You get my point? All right. So it, this is a, is, is a general one, but... I, I digress. Let, uh, let me commend the Senate for commending the army. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you understand? It's okay. a good one. Thank you for commending them. We all should commend them. But at the same time, I am the commentator. You are the lawmaker. Make laws and make me commend you 
on laws that you are making that better the lot of Nigerians. Exactly. All right. Now let's uh, look at this. Um, I don't know this development in Kogi states that is not looking palatable at all. Now, aside from some of the incidences we've had for some days now, uh, the latest one that I am seeing right now is that three men, including two poultry farmers, have been kidnapped uh, somewhere in Kaba in the Kogi West Senatorial District of the state. And the victims, according to reports, were said to have been abducted at two different locations in a community on Wednesday. That's two days ago. And we've been hearing some disturbing news in that area, which um, is quite alien for people that have been uh, staying in that location for a number of years. You hear them complaining about how uh, uncomfortable they are about these uh, developments. What, what are you? Well, has the governor said anything? I've not seen anything from the government, from the governor, because the the governor is the one that knows exactly what is happening in the state. And I speak like this because when it came to the COVID situation, we know his stance and his stance stands, you know, up till now and nothing has changed that stance. So I I, I wouldn't want to, you know, go against his stance. I I would like to wait for him to speak um, if things like that happened in his place, you understand. Um, if he says it, then I'll say, Oh, the governor has said it. But if, since the governor has not spoken, it will be difficult for me to speak on this matter uh, because he can come out tomorrow now and say that nothing like that happened and they don't have such issues. You get my point? Uh-huh. So let's let's uh, let me uh, defer from uh, making. Uh, uh, statement on that particular one. Thank you very much, <laughs> Mr. Moderator. Okay, so um, away from insecurity matters um, with our time, let's see if we can take this one right now. A release from uh, the Debt Management Office uh, talking about uh, the debt burden that the country actually um, has. And now, um, in total, the country is owing the sum of uh, 35.5 trillion naira as of June this year. And according According to how they were able to break it down, each Nigerian by implication now owes 165,500 naira to countries, international organizations and domestic investors. We have Saki in the building. Let me have him uh, you know, respond to this first. In interesting times for Nigeria. We've said this over and over again that it's not about our borrowing. That is the problem. The problem is how we're going to repay how those money that are going to be borrowed will be judiciously spent. If these monies that are being borrowed, we can see the list of exactly what is being done. And it's not a means of trying to, you know, show up funds for the next election, to rig election, to sway people to decide, to buy votes. You know, for us, 2023 is far. But for the politicians, they start cooking their meal now. So by the time you've seen some criss, you know, no crisscross carpeting and all that now. And that is the sad reality. Most of the money that has been borrowed are not judiciously spent. Apart from the fact that we know that some are spent on expenditure, but the truth is that we know that barely 50% of this money have been spent. And even when they are spent, the quality of the job done is not, is not, is not enough. But for me, the sad aspect is that having paid almost all our debt during the Obasanjo era, having stand, having 
have like a good and robust economy for us to plunge to borrowing for me I've said this and I'm going to retrade this borrowing for me should have been borrowing to develop not just infrastructure but our mineral resources hmm. so that we can have a sustainable economy mm -hmm. the problem with the naira the problem with the economy is that our productivity has fallen we are foreign dependent we are dependent on goods and services from foreigners more than we are exporting if we can increase our export base we will have more value for the naira this is simple mathematics mm. this is simple economics let's produce what we eat Let's produce what we wear. Let's pro let's 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 celebrate people like Inosi. This is not cheap publicity for him. Inosi has already. You know, you know, and other manufacturers. Let's be indigenous. Rwanda is producing phones. It's producing cars now, and you know we need to do some things. Not, not doing PR as if we are going to do something. If by the time I see that government purchase, government vehicle purchase goes to 70% to 80% for innocent, then I know we are serious about this. But you see, we can't keep putting Naira and buying from abroad and then we expect the Naira to be strong. Hmm. It can't be. That's how it's done. It's about how much dependent you are on other economy. If you are less dependent, then your, 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 your exchange rate will become strong. Hmm. That's how it's played. All right, coming to Esigon now, in the recent $4.9 billion that the federal government wrote to the National Assembly to approve uh, that the loan right now, um, we are seeing that FG came out to um, clear the air, saying that the money is going to be used for a project, so that's the Kano Nigeria Republic Rail Line project. Uh, do you think this is enough justification? for uh, the proposed uh, borrowing? Well, um, I think um, I'm going to have to uh, respond by saying there are times in life where you just have to believe that they know exactly what they are doing and don't stress yourself. Just trust, you know, and, uh, and you know, just trust the situation. And that's what I'm going to do to this because <laughs> you, you don't want to start another conversation around um, uh, why we want to go to Nigeria and address with them. You see, anyone that listens to the president's or what would be the number um, um, speech well, when he was interviewed, his talk, media talk, I mean, will have gotten an inkling into his mindset, particularly concerning Nigeria Republic. So I don't think by now anyone should be making any issue out of it since uh, uh, we have decided that uh, that is what is, it is going to be used for. Then, then we will use it for bringing in fault to the nation. Let's uh, agree. Let's, let's agree that these people know exactly what they are doing and let's trust them to do it. So this is one of those situations. We trust them to do it. All right. Uh, talking about uh, trusting the government right now, well, the chairman of the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, EFCC Abdul Rashid Bawa, with what I am seeing right now said, according to reports uh, in a statement that he said yesterday, that Nigerians will know the identities of terrorism financiers in the country at the right time. He said this at a program yesterday after the um, scenario. Oh, forget about <laughs> The, the scenario. Well, I, I 
You know, we talked about this issue of um, terrorism, financing, uh, tracing the money, and uh, looking at the, the, the capacity or the veracity of our efforts, you know, to fight terrorism. It's just like when we talk about corruption, for instance. How serious are we in fighting corruption? What are the things that we can see, indicators that let us that, oh, these people are really serious about fighting corruption? In my estimation, zilch. Yeah, for anybody who understands what that is, good for you. So the same thing with terrorism, as long as you're not following the money, then for me, you're not serious about fighting terrorism. So if we, if Saudi uh, UAE is coming up with a list of Nigerians, you know, and they say that those ones are financing terrorism, and then just a few days later, we're having EFCC, EFCCO, mm. EFCC, if we remember their full name, it's um, the Economic it Financial Crimes Economic Commission. Commission. The Economic Financial Crimes. Okay, does terrorism fall under that? I don't think so. That, so I, I will need to read up their their act, you know, because this is this is part of what makes issues issues for mm. us. Mm. Uh, who is talking? Then you will know. Wait, why, why? As in, why? As in, how? What's what's the link with EFCC and corruption? I mean, I'm sorry, and terrorism. There's financial crime appropriation there. Okay, there's financial crime because then we have this SAS um, the SAS the SAS from bureau they were actually brought things, in yeah. the SAS you, you know. well I don't want to confuse <laughs> issues Sha, but let's just keep our fingers crossed he has said that very soon we will know in so, due time uh, let's, let, when the due time comes we will know So, but before me I run let me quickly celebrate one of our ardent listeners because I know he's listening right now uh, today's his birthday Olumide Ogun not to call your name, man. Eh? There's God, though. Please forgive me, man. Igbo man. Olumide Ogun Dowoli. Dowoli. Okay, Ogun Dowoli. Thank God for Sake. Happy birthday to you. Uh, many happy returns. Thank you for being an ardent listener. Uh, we appreciate you. We get feedback from you and all that. And of course, to all other of our listeners, thank you very much for being there for us. Shout out. And this is the much you can take on the program for today and for the week. Join us again same time next week, Monday, for another edition of Trending Issues. Mind you, we are on podcast. You can get to listen to past editions of Trending Issues via podcast. So you have to do is search Futa Radio Podcast and you'd be able to listen and and download. Until next week, I am Jude in Nobime. Shout out to Esigon and Saki. Coming up next is News on the Globe with Miriam Mulogon. Some radio stations are special. All you need to hear is the station name, and you know it's different from the rest. The music, the contests, the talent, and the heritage. The station, the station is... 93.1 FM